Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you, so make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome into a very special episode, episode number 54 of Yeah That Soccer Show. We were able to sit down and have a really fun interview with Blakely Mattern of 1111 Training. Blakely is a Greenville local, and she is working with uh, her business partner, India Trotter, to train girls uh, for soccer as they're coming up through club soccer and into collegiate soccer to give them some specific small group training, strength training, skills training. Um, so we had a long discussion about what she does and her thoughts on the women's game, her thoughts on club soccer, her thoughts on the Greenville soccer scene, all kinds of really good stuff in there. I think you're going to enjoy this interview. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to talking to Blakely Mattern. Uh, excited to welcome on to Yeah That Soccer Show this week for a very special episode. We're here with Blakely Mattern of Eleven Eleven Training. Blakely, thanks for jumping on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So before we get in too much to what you do in the soccer world in Greenville, because I think it's kind of cool, um, I would love to hear first off like your history with soccer. I know you're local, so you're from mm -hmm. here, but talk to me about your history with the sport. So, yeah, I started playing soccer probably when I was maybe three, four years old at the Golden Strip YMCA. We would play out at Sunset Park in Malden, and my dad was my coach and um, played there for a number of years. And then I was at GFC and St. Giles before they actually formed to make one big club, CESA, and around, I think it was around 2004 or so. So I played club for CESA a couple of years and then um, went to Jailman High School. Um, down the road and got a scholarship and went to USC. So I ended up going to South Carolina to play soccer. Um, finished there in 2009 and then was fortunate enough to play a few years professionally after that, both here and then I went over to Europe as well. So you're not the only part of 1111. You have uh, at least one other person I know in India, but I think you maybe even have some other. So tell me about the other folks that are a part of your organization here. Yeah, absolutely. So India Trotter, she's the owner um, and CEO of the company. She's from Fort Lauderdale, South Florida. Um, she played college soccer at Florida State University, and then she was with the national team for about six years, um, our full women's national team. So her, and then we recently brought on another staff member in January. Um, her name's Erica Schrader. She's from Ohio, Columbus area, and went to Akron, University of Akron. Um, just graduated in December of this past year and came on board with us, so she's been here about three or four months. Um, so, yeah, just the three of us on staff. So how did you and India in particular get connected as you guys were thinking about the need for something like this in Greenville? So... Yeah, it's kind of, kind of a funny story. Um, I mean, I was 
coming off an ACL tear that I suffered over in the Netherlands when I was playing professionally, came back to the States and um, was trying to play again, was working my way back. Um, and at the time, we had a mutual friend that I didn't know was a mutual friend, but um, her name was Abby Minahan. She was the head coach of the women's program at USC Upstate in Spartanburg. And at the time, India was her assistant coach. So when I came back and was kind of in a process of, like, needing some extra work, not knowing where exactly I was going to do, but trying to play again, Abby was very welcoming, was like, hey, come up to Upstate. You should also meet India. I think you guys would be good friends. And I had heard about India just through the soccer world. Um, But that's how we met initially. And then, yeah, it's kind of funny now because, again, I was ready to play again, trying to work our way back, my way back, excuse me, and... The Greenville got a, a semi-pro team here called the Cobras um, out of the, I think it was USL Women's League, but I convinced India to come back and play. She was um, in quote-unquote retirement mode and not interested mm-hmm. in doing it, but um, after persistence, she decided to train and, and then jump on the team and play with me. So I think through that experience, that's when we initially, I guess, started to see some different ways that there was a need for what we're doing. Um we were around a lot of younger girls that were looking up to us, asking questions of us, and then parents as well that were, you know, in need of, uh, I guess, additional training, some supplemental work outside of what they were doing with their club. So I would say that's kind of how the ball got rolling when we first um, started thinking about, okay, like maybe there's something to these questions were being asked and the market that is looking for something. So... You guys got connected, and then you decide to you see this need, and you decide to, to start eleven eleven. So just because I obviously I got introduced to you guys, I didn't really know what what eleven eleven yeah. was, and probably none of the listeners, maybe a few do, but maybe some of them don't really know exactly what you could do. So talk a little bit about what eleven eleven is. So eleven eleven um, is a supplemental soccer training facility. In a nutshell, we work only with girls, and we work starting at age ten through the college level. And when I say supplemental training, um, India kind of came up with the idea initially to create what we call now the infused training method. So the whole idea or premise of it was let's take the speed, strength, and agility side of the game and then combine that with the technical aspects. So um, striking, ball striking, dribbling, all the foundational skills um, that go with soccer, and let's merge them into one session so you're able to provide everything that the girls would need um so that's that's what we do here girls will come and they'll um train in small groups and that's kind of what our training method is built on we'll get technical skill work done as well as speed strength agility so eleven eleven, obviously i assume has tied to just eleven eleven in terms of sides facing off each other, but maybe there's, is there some other significance there to the name? Yeah. Yeah, there is actually. So while we were in the process of kind of putting the idea together before we even got off the ground, um, we had seen the number 11 multiple times and, and the number itself stands for transition. So our, our whole mission with 1111 is to help girls 
transition from where they are to where they want to be. And that could be soccer-wise on the field as far as, oh, I want to make it to the next level up or I want to make my high school team or I want to play in college. So that transition. And then as, as people as well. So transitioning from where they are to, you know, the truest and best version of themselves. So we took that number um, with that kind of hidden meaning to it sure. and put it in our name. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's great. So you talk about you guys start with uh, you start at age ten. Why is it why is it important for maybe parents of of children out there, particularly girls who, who might be looking to, to jump in at eleven eleven? Why is it important to one start that young or, or perhaps even younger, but particularly at age ten with this very focused, um, like you say, strength and skills training? Is that is that important to the growth of, of the game, both locally, the growth of the player themselves, but, but just contributing to soccer as it grows in this country? Yeah. Um, so to me, that's kind of a twofold answer. I would say like sure. the kids who we see start at, you know, those younger ages, 10, 11, 12, it's huge for them individually. Um, cause what we see is that's such a prime age to learning foundational skills and, technique when it comes to even striking a ball, passing a ball, um, dribbling a ball. And if you can get kids in and they're starting to learn repetitively and consistently the proper way to do things, then that just becomes ingrained in them. And then once you have the root in them of that proper technique, you can just build on that and build on that and build on that. So if you're not getting a kid then who comes in later on in those older years, 15, 16, 17, where you're kind of having to take some time to undo bad habits Mm -hmm. and then rebuild new ones. These kids that start really young are building on such a a solid foundation of skill. So Mm -hmm. I think that plus, like you said, the, the speed and agility aspect is huge because it's really coordination. A lot of it, you know, you're building yes, proper strength, but really like, again, it's those technical parts of the actual movements and the strength that are key to learn at a young age. And then you're building coordination. You're starting to work on some of those things younger. And I do think to the second part of that question, it definitely translates to, if you look at more of a, a national or global scale with the scale with the game, you're, you're building these kids up, to then be able to play at a higher level that can be more competitive nationally and internationally because they have that foundation. Um, and I think that's where you start to see kind of ripple effects as kids mm-hmm. get older. If they, It really starts at those younger, younger ages and building that. So you obviously, you talked a little bit about playing club soccer growing up. And I know we have ton of great club soccer organizations in the upstate um i'd be this and this may be a two-part answer too i'd love to hear a little bit about your thought just in general about the role that club soccer plays for player development as as people looking to maybe play collegiately or even professionally and then how 11 11 actually works in conjunction with a club someone who's playing club soccer yeah, so definitely two parts. So to answer your first question, I think club soccer is is a huge platform and, and I guess more avenue for players to get involved in the game and grow in the game. And there's certainly multiple club options and then levels within the club that fit wherever the player's at to play with. But I think that club side of it gives – that's really where the focus becomes that the tactical – 
um, training, the more game management, those sort of things where you're also playing around other players. You get more of that team aspect and then you're learning to compete um, both locally, regionally, and then nationally depending on what level you're at. But the club gives you that opportunity to be competitive, um, to be trained with those, again, those tactical aspects of the game, um, whatever level you're at. So I think it's hugely important for any kid that comes to us, regardless of what level they're at. Um, we definitely encourage them with what we do here to translate that out into their club practices and games. And cause that's really where the output is happening and where it's important. Um, nothing that we do will matter if it's not translating over to help them in their games. So it, again, it just gives them that, that opportunity to, to showcase and work on the skills that they're doing and then be competitive in that. So club soccer is huge in that way. For us, you know, we we made a decision early on that we didn't want to be club affiliated because we're all about the kid themselves. So the girls individually, they come to us outside of whatever team they're on. That's irrelevant to us. It's they want to get better individually to then go back to their teams and their environments and be able to produce and play with confidence and in that way help out their coaches, whoever they are, help out their clubs because they're growing as people and women and they're growing in their skill sets. So we have great relationships with a number of clubs and, and individual coaches um, across the upstate and that's always nice to have because again we're we're about what's best for them and and ultimately we're again supplement to that club. So we're just trying to make the girls better as best we can to help them on the field and again it's nice to have those relationships um, with clubs but we don't necessarily have any official partnerships or anything. Sure. So uh, before we jumped in to record, you were showing me around the facility. Uh-huh. Um, you know, you were telling me that you you do your training sessions six people at a time, so it's it's a small group. You're not trying to, you know, this isn't like soccer camp where you're trying to <laughs> train 50 kids at once. But obviously that limits you a little bit in terms of how many kids you can train. But you also told me you guys are, are looking to the future. So tell me a little bit about where 11-11 is going where, where your next steps are. Yeah, um, that's a timely question, as uh, I think I was mentioning to you off off the recording, that we are moving to a new location. We've been in our current one for about three and a half years, um, but now we, we're definitely at capacity with the numbers that we have and, and kids on a wait list to try and get in. And so we're moving down the street, not super far, into a new facility in the next month. We hope to be up in this summer starting in June and it will be about twice the square footage we have now. So our goal with that is, is to be able to open up and do multiple sessions at a time so we can and get more girls in, um, obviously to train. But I think our, like you mentioned, our ratio for, for our small group training is, is six to one player to coach ratio. That's really important to us to, to maintain because it gives us that, um, ability as, as trainers to watch our girls every rep a kid takes we're able to give them some sort of instruction feedback encouragement correction whatever it may be um so yeah the the new building is definitely a huge step for us we obviously brought erica our third trainer on board this spring so that's been huge for us too to then now having her be able to to expand the number of girls that we reach and train so that's the first big step the facility um and then I think I think beyond that, it goes to potentially looking at at various partnerships, sponsorships, relationships in the community of Greenville itself. Um, we've built we feel like a, 
a good reputation and foundation these first three years have really taken a lot of pride and hard work into that and we'd love to be able to you know connect with more local businesses other soccer related or or sports related industries whatever it may be to to start to really give back to the community of Greenville I mean obviously the triumph being in town now is a huge huge asset to them we actually we we train um, one of the girls who is is the president's daughter. So it's been nice to build a relationship with them, and um, we are doing eleven eleven day out there this summer. So okay. that will be really cool. So things like that, where we, we again we get to branch out a little bit more into the community and and start to get involved in that way. So I want to shift a little bit from what you do specifically here. Just talk about maybe some soccer stuff in general. Um, I'm curious to know from your perspective as someone who is obviously doing some intense training uh, in, a, in a smaller setting, what do you see as the role that soccer plays for students, maybe particularly girls, since that's what you're focusing on, even if, even if, a, even if there's a young girl that wants to play soccer but maybe doesn't see, have aspirations to play professionally, what kind of role do you think soccer plays in the development of them as people? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question, and I think a really important one to consider. I mean, obviously I'm a, a little biased having sure. right, played <laughs> soccer myself and, and been involved in sports since I was very little. But to me, soccer was it just a huge, huge impact and influence on me as a person. Um, I look at a lot of just things I was able to do, people I was able to meet, relationships, um, I've created that all stem from the game itself. So there's that aspect of it. And then I just look at, at, at character building, right, where there's is some aspects of hard work and teamwork, you know, being in a position where others are dependent on you. And there's some accountability involved in that. And, and then the discipline of of training and taking care of your body and things like that. So there's that. And then I think you know, we see it more with young girls probably as just a focus, right? Mm-hmm. It gives you, gives the girls, hey, well, I have this and this, and I'm less involved with other things that maybe I shouldn't be involved with in at their age um, because I have, again, I have teammates that need me to play this weekend. I have practice. I have that kind of thing. So I think it gives structure and focus as well on top of those other things I mentioned. So you played, you played professionally both internationally and domestically, Mm-hmm. Um, and I think in the last couple of years, the the professional women's game in the U.S. has really grown with the uh, with the NWSL and mm-hmm. and there's the WPSL and there's just it just feels like it's it's growing. Um, what is the? I would love to just hear your thoughts on on how it's grown and, and what you do you see that as as a continual thing into the future. Yeah, I mean, I. I definitely see the growth of the women's game profession. I mean, when I first graduated back in, in 2010, um, it was the WPS that was here. Uh, it was the pro women's league at the time. And um, I would say there was just some kinks and things that needed to be worked out at the time. Um, and now I look at where the w, NWSL is and the level of play and the teams that have already been added to the league and the expansion. And I definitely see a lot more positive things happening. Um, seems like there's some success happening within the league. And I do feel like it seems, at least from my perspective, that it's 
it's a pretty stable league and I see opportunity for more expansion and more growth in that. And that's exciting because I think it is important for girls to know that there's a place to go, one, if they're at that level and they have aspirations to play after college is over. And then two, for even our younger players to be able to look up and see that things are possible. Like there's a level for them to aspire to and to dream of. And so I... I think that's awesome, and I I do believe that the league will be successful at this point um, moving forward. So, I mean, we have, between, obviously, India has a lot of connections as well, having played professionally here, but friends that are in the league and um, even some players. We have a girl from Greenville, actually, Kaylee Kurtz, who was a CISA kid, played at South Carolina, is not the Courage, who mm-hmm. you probably know about. Um, we've worked with her here at 11-11. So it's cool to see, you know, have a, almost a tangible right. kind of touch on the league as well, so that makes it seem like, okay, like it's 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 doing well. So you talked about the Greenville Cobras uh-huh. and women's soccer, professional, semi-pro, amateur, whatever level um, in Greenville. So let's say there's a young Blakely coming into eleven eleven who says, you know what, I can't wait to one day play soccer for Greenville's women's soccer team. Do you see that as like a future possibility now that we have, you know, we have the pre-professional semi-pro amateur Greenville FC. We have professional Greenville triumph. Is there, is there a place in Greenville's growing soccer landscape for professional or semi-professional women's soccer? Um, I definitely believe there's potential. Um, Sitting here today, I would say a professional team, like in the NWSL, might... I wouldn't say it's out of reach, mm-hmm. um, but I think, you know, I'm looking at cities surrounding here, surrounding that don't have a team like Atlanta um, that might be more of a, a hub for something mm-hmm. like that. But I do feel like a semi-professional team or an amateur team is definitely possible. I mean, I thought um, the Cobras, when I played, you know, was a team that could potentially have a lot of college players or even recent graduates, girls that are looking to play at the NWSL level but aren't quite ready for that or need a place to play, that the market for that is is big enough. And I think definitely with the triumph coming to town um, and the growing soccer community that Greenville seems to be, in, in the years to come, I'd definitely see that as a possibility. Uh, okay, so I, I couldn't let you... I couldn't come out here and talk to you without in in 2019 of all years without talking about the World Cup this summer. Mm-hmm. The, I hate calling it the Women's World Cup, so I'm just going to call it the World Cup because okay. it is right. Yeah. So, but it's it's the World Cup for the women's national teams. What what are you what are your predictions for this summer? Man, I you know I'm one of those that like I watch the U.S. women's team which I haven't in a while, I will say. Um, but I just always feel like we should win. <laughs> Maybe that's just a, a biased mentality or a little like, okay, I see the talent we have. Um, um, I did watch a game. It's been, like I said, months. But when I did watch, I was very surprised and pleasantly surprised at just kind of the pace, the dynamic play that was out there, the young kids that were that were really producing, people like Tobin that hadn't been out there in a while because of injuries or what have you. So... I do look at who we have, and I'm optimistic, and and really, 
I feel good about the chances that we have to win. I just that's kind of where I've always stood. Now, will it be easy? Probably not. Um, but I'm excited. I am excited to follow and watch, and I'll definitely be be rooting for us and expecting us to 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 win. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, like from my vantage point, like it's there is not a step down from the World Cup last summer to this World Cup in terms of. And hey, you can actually watch the U.S. team this year. So yeah, and, <laughs> exactly. We're in the world. Cup. And Nike's finally gotten uh, off their high horse, and they're letting uh, they're selling men's cuts of the women's World Cup jerseys with the stars over them. So they're not discriminating against us wow. men anymore. Right. Thank goodness. Right. Been begging for that forever. Got to get my Tobin Heath jersey. There you go. Um, that's so, awesome. Yeah. So I think that's awesome, and I think folks will uh, will obviously like that. Anytime there's a World Cup year, that's obviously going to be good for the soccer industry, especially Absolutely. especially as the the game is growing here in the Upstate. Hey, how can folks connect uh, with you guys? Follow what you guys are doing, and maybe even you know, I got a seven week old daughter. I need to get her on the wait list. <laughs> uh, how can folks find out more about what you guys are doing? Yeah, definitely. Well, they can certainly follow us. We do a lot on social media, so uh, Instagram. At eleven eleven training, and then on Facebook they can find us to eleven eleven training, and then certainly if they have young daughters who play soccer and are interested in and get involved in training, they can reach out to us via our website eleven eleven training dot com, or um, can also send us an an email which they can find on our website. So And that's spelled out, right? Not the numbers. yeah. Sorry, just to clarify, yeah, E L E V E N eleven eleven. You got to spell it out, but um. Yeah, we'd love to get 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 them involved if they're looking for it, and then certainly anyone that's just a soccer fan or wants to follow us, they can do that on social media. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping in, and hopefully we will uh, folks can see you out this summer at Triumph Games and and eleven eleven day. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll be out there in July at the Triumph Game, and then certainly I'll, I'm sure many more just enjoying it as fans. So it's great to be on the show, Chris. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Once again, a big thank you to Blakely for coming on and chatting a little bit with us about her role in shaping the soccer community in Greenville. Hey, we've got a couple more podcasts coming at you this week. We're going to look back and look ahead to the week that was and the week that's coming for the Greenville Triumph. We're going to be recording a live podcast and season preview for Greenville FC. Both of those things are going to be hitting at some point this week. Obviously, we've still got stuff going on and coverage over at GVLsoccer.com, including game recaps and game previews. So make sure you check out that as well. Hey, we want to take a chance. I know this is kind of a wonky episode, so we didn't get our uh, ads in, but wanted to thank our sponsors, the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville and Brad Butchkowski, your local Greenville soccer realtor. Uh, Make sure you go and check those guys out and support them because they support us and we want to just show them some love. Hey, thanks again for tuning in and we will talk to you tomorrow.